Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Live life, French fries. 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 I wanna eat some French fries. Welcome in to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. Happy National French Fry Day because that's why we're all here, right? We're here to talk about French fries. Uh, Very excited to be here. We're going to get into the entertainment news in just a moment because this show, going back to the roots of the show, we're going to talk about some of the Emmy nominations. Uh, We're going to get into a Thor Love and Thunder review. I'm going to give my thoughts on it. That's going to come at the end of the show because there's a possibility that could slip into spoilers. Stick around. I'll let you know uh, if it starts, if we go spoiler or not. Uh, We got some trailer reactions as well before I hit record on this. We got Rob Zombie's trailer for The Munsters that debuted as well as Orphan First Kill. And I have some thoughts on both of those. But again, before we get into all the news of the day I want to remind you to go ahead and give a like to the thrill me podcast network facebook you can follow us on instagram by searching thrill me podcast network as well as tiktok and youtube uh, a lot going on in the video department for the show you can see zach every day you can see rob every day and you can see tombstone josh every day if you follow our video, social medias, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, yeah, so let's get into it today. Uh, a lot to dive into. In fact, uh, today is Embrace Your Geekness Day, July 13th. So it's a perfect day to be tuning into this show, to be recording this show, and to, you know, celebrate and geek out. I have tape on my glasses, a pocket Protector 2, I'm going to the comic convention oh. in my Batman costume. Yeah. Oh, tripping on my cape, spilling Mountain Dew. Geek out tonight. Yeah. Geek out tonight. Oh, I will. Checking in with mom, because mm-hmm. I stayed too long. Yep. Geeking out tonight. That's right. Geeking out tonight. Oh, yeah. You're going to live alone your entire life because you're a nerdy, dorky geek. Yeah, probably. That's going to end up happening. Yeah, today National uh, Embrace Your Geekness Day, which is, again, great for this show, which we, it's a show about pop culture. It's about embracing that geekism, that nerdyism that you got. Covered Awesome Con 2022 um, all month long throughout June, so... Uh, this is this is the spot to come to. So is the review at Rob Show. So is all the Throw Me Podcast Network stuff, Hunter's Podcast as well. Uh, but it, it, the great topic for today is what are things, what are collections, I should say, uh, 
that you have? Like, what, what, what do you collect? What is it? I know lanyards is one thing I've started collecting over the years, just being in radio, going to different places. Like, I have so many. I, I'm that scene in Wayne's World with all the badges in the beginning with Wayne. Like, I have so many stupid lanyards with my name on it and and some of them aren't that stupid like i have like a wwe media all access one from wrestlemania 29 so i have some really cool lanyards i have some of those weird ones that are just like oh yeah remember when i worked in sports talk radio and i was able to cover the two local triple a affiliates uh yeah that was cool that was fun to be going to ahl hockey for free and triple a baseball for free uh, but I also do the action figure thing, the memorabilia. I have a lot, I like I don't collect Funko Pops, but I know a few people that are all into Funko Pops. But if there's one that I like, I'll get it. I got the Kevin Smith director of Funko Pop, which constantly leads to a, a moment with my fiance and I where I, I love putting it out by the movie collection. And then every time she cleans, it ends up in the second room which is still just a storage room for the time being, always ends up in there. And then somehow it ends up moving back from there to the living room area with all the Blu-rays. So that's a fun little game we play. It's, it's you know, it's one that I'm going to win. Yeah, I'm going to win that one one day. Never going to happen. Uh, but, I, you know, like I collect those. I, I love posters. I got the movie posters as well. But pretty much anything pop culture is like what I collect. But let us know. Hit up, comment, section baby on the Facebook page, Domi Podcast Network under the release of this show. Tell me what things do you collect. Let's let's have that discussion. I want to know what's your nerdy, what's your geek. How do you let that flag fly, baby? All right, let's get into it now. Um, News of the day. uh, Trailer dropped. Orphan, first kill. I saw some of the images this morning when I was up for work. I had no idea this trailer was actually going to drop, but here we are. Esther is back. Isabel Furman returning for the role of Esther as well. The killer kid. Julia Stiles joining the cast that die this time around. Uh, that's uh, This is actually cool. Julia Stiles returning to horror for the first time since 2014's Out of the Dark. So I was pretty stoked to see her pop up in the trailer. Again, I, I knew this film was in the works. I knew Isabel Furman was back and that they were doing practical because I, I heard them talk about how, oh, this with this prequel, it's all practical. We did not CGI her. This this now grown woman is is going to be made up to look like the kid she was when she made the first film, however many years ago now. And she's back and it's, you know, so it was cool to see Julia Stiles pop up and because, again, had no idea she was going to be in it. But her return to horror. Now, this story is going to show us Esther, you know, don't want to spoil anything. Uh, as she has her first kill, but I guess that right there is the spoiler as well. She's going to kill somebody for the first time. It's a prequel. Uh, this is actually going to hit August 19th, Paramount Plus, select theaters, and on digital as well. So you can buy it. You can stream it. In my case, probably going to go see this one in theaters. Uh, my fi- is bringing back in the fiancé for a second. 
this was a, the first orphan film she really wanted to see, and she's told me the story a few times, so I'm going to tell her story here. But she really wanted to see it, and apparently, like, her mom was like, no, I'm not going to see that one. And no, I'm not going to see that one with you. So she never got around to seeing it, and she kept telling me the story. So this past year for Halloween, you know, I put her through the ringer of, like, hey, here's a crazy horror movie. Let's watch this. Hey, here's Halloween 3. You're, we're watching this one tonight. Like, we're not going to have the discussion about the film. Like, this is the one we're watching. So I told her, you know, tell me when you want to watch Orphan. I'm going to make it happen for you. She told me. She was ready to watch it. We watched it one night. And she dug it. She enjoyed it. So that's why I know this is probably one that I'm going to go see in theaters with her because... She's probably going to be interested in it. it. It was that one that she's really connected to, even though, again, my my thoughts on the first film are that it's not really that good of a movie. It's very campy, and I and I know it's intended to be, but it's very long. I remember that first movie being like two hours. There's no reason that film should have been that long, which just is what made it a little more ridiculous. I do love the third act turn, of the original Orphan, which, again, uh, knowing that, though, makes this prequel, you know, just another typical prequel in my eyes, where we we know Esther is not going to die. We know she's going to make it out of this. But it does have, I will say the trailer does look pretty good, though. It does have a decent setup for what could be a good prequel. I do think the makeup effects are, eh, at times. There are some shots that we saw where I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. And then some others where I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, okay, that's, now we're grown adults in makeup trying to play a kid. Looking a little, looking a little bit like the scary movie joke. They'll get a bunch of 30-year-olds to play us in high school. Kind of starting to look like, it kind of looks like that at times. Which, by the way, if you want to hear my thoughts on Scary Movie, that is on the Patreon. My mess up, finally fixed. So it's on the Thrill Me Podcast Network Patreon, as well as all the other great shows we have on our Patreon page. Check it out now. Ding! But Esther, back to Orphan First Kill, uh, and you know, so I wasn't really a big fan of some of the makeup, but it does look okay at moments uh and and i think this is going to be another campy go of it i they they definitely are going to up the violence it's the sequel or prequel it's the second one in the franchise man you know the the death count's always going to go up so i'm into this i'm not excited excited for it i'm not circling August 19th on the calendar and saying when tickets go on sale at my local Regal Theater that I'm going to go into the app and purchase these the way I did with like a Thor Love and Thunder or or really with Nope or anything like that. Like I'm not that excited for it. Uh, You know, I'm I'm not going to get my it's going to it's going to be a spur of the moment. This is out. You want to go today? No. All right. Want to go today? Yeah. All right. Let's go. I took nothing out for dinner. Let's go see like a 4.30 showing so we can just get a large popcorn, a nachos, a large soda, split that. Dinner. That's how we roll in the wonderful household, baby. All right. As I 
move on. Time to talk about Rob Zombie's The Munsters. That trailer dropped today. And back in June, so about a month ago, we were offered a glimpse into his film in the form of that teaser trailer, which we got to see Herman Munster, Jeff Daniel Phillips, Lily Munster, Sherry Moon Zombie, Grandpa Munster, Daniel Roebuck. They got introduced. And while the trailer starts off in black and white mode, there's a quick transaction to living color, adding a tint of uh, vibrancy to beloved characters that I wasn't expecting when I started this trailer, and I really enjoyed what we saw so far. Uh, essentially, Zombies Monsters is a reboot of the 60s sitcom. It's going to revolve around the Transylvania American family that move into the suburbs. Their strange, ghoulish appearances do not stop them from living out their lives as a standard American family, despite looking like traditional monsters. The monsters, extremely well-meaning. Each character was a satirical take on established sitcom stereotypes. So I'm curious to see where this film is going to go. But again, this this is going to arrive September. It's going to be streaming uh, on, on Peacock. And I'm really into this. I really liked what we saw. It looks very different from everything Rob Zombie has ever done. Like, that's the thing. When it took that, like, well, that's what I mean. When it took that vibrant turn and went very colorful, because the film starts and the sell to this, I loved the sell of that trailer. I mean, Rob Zombie pulling out the, uh, an old universal intro. Oh, yes, love that. Then you get that black and white sell of the director that brought you House of a Thousand Corpses, Halloween, The Devil's Rejects, like selling some of his most gruesome films comes the greatest love story ever. And then it cuts into this vibrant, colorful, here's the monsters. I'm really excited. Like, I really got very excited for this. I've said for, anytime I've gotten to talk about this, I've said, I've told people, because... I, I, you know, my fiance really pushed to watch House of a Thousand Corpses knowing how much I like Rob Zombie. I mean, I'm going to actually be seeing Rob Zombie here in 10 days. Uh, so July 23rd, I'm seeing him in, in concert with a friend. But she knows how much I love Rob Zombie, so she really wanted to see House of a Thousand Corpses. I, I kind of pushed against it, but eventually I dumbly caved, and it pretty much left a mark of... Rob Zombie equal all forms of evil. But this is one of those things where, like, I've told her, no, this is a guy that loves the Monsters television show from the 60s. It's a family-friendly show. It's not a scary show. It's not a violent show. And he loves it so much that this has been one of his passion projects. And one of the few passion projects that I know he's wanted to do and actually gets to do, because there was that while where... He was really passionate about that story about the uh, uh, the flyers from the late 70s, uh, the goons, uh, and, and he was going to tell a story about, about the goon flyer teams that won the Stanley Cup. Like, it, 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 it was one of those projects for him that it got so deep. I've heard him talk about it where it got so deep. I think it was, Stern, I think it was the Howard Stern show I heard him talk about it, where he was actually in, like, the archives in Philadelphia 
looking at, at, at things that people had like just haven't seen in years because of the amount of research he was doing on that project. So I know the monsters is something he cares about and you can see it in that trailer that this is going to be a really fun you're you're gonna be this is the first time I'm ever gonna say you're gonna get to sit down with your family, everybody of all ages, and you're gonna be able to watch a Rob Zombie film. It's gonna become family fun night to watch Rob Zombie's The Monsters. That's what this looks like. And I am so ready to see what he did with this. I'm excited to see this side of him because all we know Rob Zombie for so far is the metal performances and some really gruesome horror films. So to see this, I'm yeah, get ready for Rob Zombie Family Fun Night. In fact, that there there's your tagline, Peacock. Sign up now for Rob Zombie's The Monsters Family Fun Night. Get a large popcorn as well uh, from your local blockbusters. Man, do I miss buying the popcorn at Blockbuster. There's just nothing like like that. All right. Let's get into uh, a quick recap of the Emmy nominations, uh, which, by the way, again, if you forgot, September 2022, The Monsters, Rob Zombie's The Monsters is going to be hitting the Peacock streaming service. So, uh, yeah, I am ready. Uh, Emmy nominations were announced yesterday. Uh, on July 12th, HBO Succession led the pack 25 nods. Apple's Ted Lasso and HBO's The White Lotus are tied second. They got 20 noms each. Squid Game picked up 14 nominations, including Best Drama Series. Several cast members got some acting nods, too. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, he got a nod for Marvel's What If?, uh, so did Jessica Walter for Archer. They got the Pastramis nominations for their roles, uh, uh, her for Archer and uh, Chadwick for What If, as well as Norm MacDonald. He got one as well for Nothing Special. Uh, Stranger Things, they did get nominated for Best Drama Series, but no actors were recognized, and that feels like a major injustice and a bit of a snub. Uh, Sadie Sink uh, really put on a performance of a lifetime as Max this season, but there is a little bit of hope with the fact that Sadie Singh could be nominated next year for the second part of volume uh, volume two season four for the second part of it because she's now the, the eligibility time frame is now since that episode came out since that part of the season came out so there's still hope that Sadie Singh could end up getting a nomination I know a lot of people were a little upset about that one uh, feeling that she really I mean she did she she carries episode four of that season, uh, but as I said uh, in my spoiler conversation, if you want to hear what I felt following episode four, go find my season one spoiler talk. Uh, Selena Gomez also got left out, even though Only Murders in the Building is up for Best Comedy Series, and both Steve Martin and Martin Short were nominated. That one drew a little bit of um, heat as well from fans, and if you haven't watched Only Murders in the Building... I reviewed that one. I really recommend watching that one. That is truly like one of the best things that Hulu does uh, is that show. It is so funny. And you'd understand why there was an uproar about Selena Gomez being left off because she really is. Uh, if you're going to nominate Steve Martin and Martin Short, I don't see how you leave Selena Gomez off because she is 
as good, if not better, than both of them. And she deserves a nomination for Only Murders in the Building. And and again, just I love that show. Very much recommend it. Uh, sticking with some snubs, Yellowstone, they came away with nothing. And in their final season, Blackish and This Is Us were locked out of everything but the technical categories. Uh, and they came away with three total nominations between them. Kind of crazy. Bridgerton, 1883, Moon Knight. Gaslit, starring Julia Roberts and Sean Penn. They were also absent from major categories. Uh, Dave Chappelle's controversial Netflix special, The Closure, got two nominations, one for Best Variety Special pre-recorded and one for the director. Uh, Now, the Yemis are going to live on September 19th on both NBC and Peacock. Uh, but full nominations, uh, outstanding drama series. I know Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, Yellow Jackets got nominated for comedy series, Abbott Elementary. That's one that uh, my fiance, uh, Brooke, too, really enjoys. Uh, Barry, another one that I love that got nominated. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Only Murders in the Building. Ted Lasso, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, Outstanding Lead in a Drama, that's where Severance, Better Call Saul, Succession, Ozark, uh, Succession actually got two in that, and Squid Game uh, got their nominations. Actress in a Drama, Killing Eve, Ozark, uh, Euphoria, The Morning Show, Yellow Jackets, got those noms. So uh, if you want to get a full list, I do recommend going and reading it. I'm not going to tell you everybody that got nominated because there are so many categories and nominations i mean hell seth rogan got one uh got nominated as well as uh lily james getting nominated as well uh for their for their work pam and tommy like that's how deep it goes television movies all of that uh which i did laugh because i had no idea steve zahn was in the white lotus on hbo which good for steve zahn getting a nomination and still doing his thing all right let's move into the final part of the show Time to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder, which uh, came out this uh, past weekend, dominated the box office, took number one, $143 million, uh, its opening weekend, while Minions The Rise of Gru was a very close second, just barely, uh, uh, a little under $100 million short of Thor's box office numbers. Minions had $45.6 million, but... Uh, here's the thing. I guess the question to ask about the box office is how will Thor do in its second weekend? Will it have the legs as they say? And I'm not sure this is one that is going to dominate for very long. It's going to be number one again this weekend because there's not, there's not a real hot, sexy summer blockbuster new offering. So Thor is definitely going to be number one again. But with Jordan Peele's Nope on the horizon, I think the decline for this is going to be an interesting one to watch. Everybody's loved pointing out, lo- looking at the Marvel's week two numbers. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see where Thor goes because I did not hate this movie. I did enjoy this movie. But at the end of the day, Marvel is a well-oiled machine at this point and they know what they're doing. They, they, they will not produce a movie that is not entertaining and not fun. Now, my thing, though, with this is that while 
I love Thor Ragnarok. I think Thor Ragnarok, with Taika's humor, the way that the film is structured, I think it is a really well done movie. I think it's one of the best, or one of the better ones in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe not the best. I still really do believe that the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie is the most perfect film that they've done. Uh, And I know that that's going to be up for debate amongst a lot of people, but truly I think that is a film that has rarely, if any, flaws to it and is such a quick, smooth, well-told story. Its biggest flaw is something that I think Thor Love and Thunder suffers, and actually I'll start there for this, and it's, it's the villain. Uh, and, and that's kind of a thing that I did not like about this movie is the villain. You have a great actor who raises the level of this villain, but it feels like a quintessential throwaway Marvel villain. And that's what I mean by it's a well-oiled machine. It it knows its characters to a point because I do have some issues with Thor's character in this movie. And it knows how to though structure a film that is going to, dazzle and make us all go oh yeah and get excited Thor Love and Thunder for me does a lot of the exciting things but also is pretty unbalanced and a little all over the place at times in its attempts at humor that don't really land some of the humor lands some, some of it is really funny I've said the goat's are my favorite thing from this movie. I think that was... I laughed every time with the goats. But then there were just some moments where Thor was just... I I have this thing where I feel like I've noticed with Thor that he is the character that Marvel might not understand the best because he seems to be the one that changes film to film and sometimes it's so drastic it makes no sense. Like, his his take, like, Thor was just as dumb as Korg in this film. And when did Thor get that stupid? Like, he's always been dumb at times because every one of these, every one of these heroes has been an idiot at times. But there was something about him just being as stupid as Korg and Korg at times seeming like he was smarter than Thor that was that that didn't sit well with me that that made it feel like we need thor to be as stupid as possible to play the dumb idiot to 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 the straight man and the straight man was being played by both tessa thompson and natalie portman in this film so we need thor to be the bumbling idiot but when did thor become that so it, it, things like that bothered me with this movie I, I did think a little bit of the Jane Foster stuff was a little mishandled as well. A little rushed, a little kind of all over the place at, at times. It's just, it's it's better than Thor Ragnarok, or, or not Thor Ragnarok, I'm sorry, um, Thor Dark World. But that shouldn't be where we are after Thor Ragnarok. We shouldn't be at, well at least Thor Love and Thunder is better than Dark World. Because I think if I'm ranking the four Thor films right now, it's it's Ragnarok, Thor, Love and Thunder, and then Dark World. So, 
I'm a little disappointed by it, but I did enjoy it. I don't want this to be seem like a trashing of the film because I did like it. It's just what I wanted, what I expected, what I was hoping for, I didn't really fully get. It's just another Marvel fast-paced fun film that's a good addition. Revisit it. But to go see it again in theaters, this isn't... And I did see an interesting take, and and this could be the case as well. I, I saw somebody say that... I, I've seen it actually argued two ways. I've seen it as a, as as somebody saying that Spider-Man No Way Home raised our level of anticipation and what we want from Phase 4, that what we've been getting is not what we've been expecting, so... That's why people have been a little more lukewarm or a little like, eh, 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 with Doctor Strange, with with some of the TV shows post No Way Home, and now here with this Thor Love and Thunder, where, you know, were we really spoiled to the level of, this is bad. And then I saw another argument of, it's not that the films are bad, it's that you're, you know we're all just the a-holes here because we hold No Way Home up into such a high re- regard. But I, I, I think it might be a mixture of both of those, but I do think that potentially because of what No Way Home did and how much it elevated its characters, that my issue with the last two films has been a lot of, well, it seems that the progression forward was just kind of pulled back to tell the story that you needed to tell because you are setting up phase four. You are setting something up and it feels as if like I've, I said it when I talked about Dr. Strange, I felt that in a way it undoes things that were established prior. Wanda realized at the end of WandaVision that her pain and suffering was causing others pain and suffering. And then we, open up in Doctor Strange and her pain and suffering is driving her to try and kill a kid because that's what she's trying to do that she's trying she's trying to kill American Chavez the entire film to gain her powers so her grieving is leading her to try and cause harm to somebody else okay what but I enjoyed the film because again the Marvel oiled machine that's how I felt with this one as well Thor now went from this PTSD, this god that this god that almost saved the world, the universe from Thanos failed, had this PTSD fat Thor, and now he's come back and he's just an idiot. He's now, you know, the the fall guy. He's uh, the fat guy fall over, but in his case, hot guy have ass show, which, you know, that was a good moment. That was a funny moment. I, I really did enjoy the Zeus moments, but, you know, the orgy thing in there was a little like, what? What? Huh? It was more of the, my laugh to that was more of a, huh? <laughs> what? And then they went back into it again and brought it up again as another joke. And it was like, okay. I guess that's where we're going, but, uh, you know, so uh, that's that's where I stand on that. It's go see it in theaters because it does, you know, you're going to need, it just does it justice to see it in theaters. Let's be real. If you're going to watch this this film, why not see the big CGI 
explosions, Chris Hemsworth ass, loud soundtrack, a little bit of the Guardians of the Galaxy in theaters and, and have a good time as opposed to just watching it at home on your television. But yeah, it's in and plus you get to see Chris Hemsworth essentially be the uh, Hardy to the Tessa Thompson and Natalie Portman Laurel. Uh, yeah, that's right. I made an old slapstick comedy British and American tag team joke, Laurel and Hardy. On that note, time to get out of here. Have a great one. Uh, and I am turning all my comments off before you can yell at me for my take on Thor Love and Thunder. But I do give it two and a half out of five. Like it's, again, another well-oiled Marvel Cinematic Universe entry. Peace and love.